What up, what up? Welcome to another great episode of After the Season with J.C. Ruffin. That be me. And of course, listen, thank you, thank you so much for liking, commenting, and sharing. And so you know it's nothing different, but today I need you to subscribe if you haven't already. Share this episode. Somebody's going to need this information that's getting ready to come out, especially since got the ladies at the table today, so you know it's getting ready to come in a major way. So like, subscribe, share, comment. And, uh, of course, you know, enjoy the episode because I have someone that I actually, I'm getting ready to learn today myself, right? So, uh, on social media, I'm not going to, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I was looking for somebody to help me be able to play basketball again. And all of a sudden, all of these videos just start popping up of this same individual. I'm like, yo, hold on. It's Stacey from Maryland. I ain't never seen this person before in my life. It says you can hoop. And I just started following the content. And it was just like, all right, yo, like, who who, who is this person? So Jess Roz is on the show now. What's up? <laughs> What's up, yo? I'm excited to be here. Listen, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy to have you here. Um, those who don't know, uh, sports performing coach, performance coach, and uh, you've worked with from the NBA, the WNBA, the G League, the yep. – High school, pro level, you trained all of these players, uh, but you didn't get here by just wanting to be no. here <laughs> by no stretch of imagination. Um, so let's 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 take it back to the beginning. I asked this question to everyone. Did you always know you wanted to be a basketball player? Um, yeah, like always wanted to be a basketball player. I was in the D1 or die mindset yeah. since I was playing, um, but I played multiple sports. Um, growing up, but then ended up basketball being what I wanted to completely focus on. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah and, of course, I think we all tried, like, a few different yeah. sports, and it was just like, yeah, this ain't cool. <laughs> you know, and they don't have a lot of people over there, so we're going to come over here. Right. Like, and it's no shade and no sports, but <laughs> whatsoever, because every sport um, had this level of popularity, yeah. right? And, you know, there's a certain aesthetic that comes when you play with a certain level of sport until you right. get to – the professional level, um, and, you know, I had that same mindset, honestly, that D1 or die. Um, I mentioned before, I'm not going to say who it was again, but um, I wanted to play at a certain school that, yes. you know, has uh, dark blue and white colors. Um, and, uh, yeah, that didn't happen at all, and I was very, very depressed. Um, matter of fact, every you know how when we would go to, like, amusement parks yeah. and they would have, like, the basketball joint and you go shoot every time, like, everyone. It was, like, six different stations. And you try to win at every right. single and one. But the one, and like <laughs> the one that had the basketball, it was like, yeah, I'm shooting at this one. And every <laughs> single one, for some odd reason, they had, like, a Virginia Tech. Yeah. They had a uh, North Carolina and they had a Duke basketball. And so, yeah, yeah I always went to that type of situation. Yep. Maybe... I have, was obsessed. I don't know. But <laughs> D1 or die, right? right. And uh, when it comes to you, you know, Silver Spring, Maryland, that's where, you know, you kind of resided at and raised in. But, um, you know, that, that area wasn't really known for, like, basketball yeah. players. And me being a product of the DMV area, more, mainly D.C. and then PG County, uh, we were breeding athletes. So right. talk about the upbringing starting from, like, you know, household, what was it like to be a female who desired to be uh, an athlete and not something else? No, yeah, I mean, I was, uh, I grew up in Silver Spring until about fifth grade. Okay. Um, and then I went to uh, an area called Frederick County. So yeah. outside of the D.C. area, about an hour, mm -hmm. um, and I like to call it the bubble um, because it's. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's a bubble. It's like this delusional outlook of reality. Um almost this like fakeness overall. And I didn't notice when you're going in cause it's safe. Um, it's not diverse. Um, it's very like, we're gonna, you know, put on, everyone's gonna put on this image. Like we're okay, we're fine. We got a big house, we have money, we have family. But like, I think we ended up, you know, I ended up struggling way more even because of that. Wow. Um, so it's like the lack of the reality I think is an issue. And that's kind of something that I, you know, I always felt kind of like an outsider a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. I had a really great work ethic. I worked really hard. You know, I wanted, I had that D1 or die mindset. Um, I was, you know, an introvert um, <laughs> and I was very like, uh, had social anxiety, still do. And it's like, um, it was, you know, 
anytime that I was going through something because I struggled with mental health, it was like, man, there's something wrong with me because right. it's like everyone comes off as everything's great. Um, you know, and if you're good at sports, it's like you're like the power of the town, mm -hmm. like that small town. Everyone knows your problems. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows. Um, so it's like anywhere, any environment that you're in, it's like you have, you know, you know, pros and cons. And so for me, it was like the pro was like, you know, we were safe. It was a good education system. Like I'm not, you know, <laughs> Can I cuss? Am I allowed to cuss? Give me the, <laughs> yeah. give, give me, give me the PG rating. Okay, give me yeah. the, um, give me the you know, it was, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like there's pros and cons. And so, you know, the, the con was like, as now I'm outside of that area now, yeah. I was like, man, like just the lack of like self-awareness, the lack of like going through adversity and mm -hmm. like being able to handle that adversity, like being real, being raw. Right. Um, I, you know, feel like I missed out on that part. i um, growing up in that such small town yeah. um, and things like that. And you say something because you like, you know, most of us, we sit back, especially like, and I'll say it, you know, in, in, in the space, we look forward to having that stability, that safety, not yeah. waking up and having to, you know, worry about the gunshots and the, and the uh, sirens and things of that nature. And then you said that you had anxiety from it. Like your mental health st instability came from actually having that. How does that work? Because, <laughs> you know, somebody's watching like, oh, wait, 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 wait. I ain't never heard this one before. Um, <laughs> and I think, you know, my question becomes like, why do you think that was? And I know you said, you know, from it being you having social anxiety or being mm -hmm. an introvert, but was it because you thought you had to put up with that facade or was it because you felt like you wasn't being yourself? It was more of like, you just wanted to be like accepted by others. So it's mm. like, I used uh, basketball as a way for me to be able to feel accepted um, or like feel normal or mm. things like that. So yeah, everyone like wants stability. Everyone wants, you know, um, you know, to know that they're okay. And I had that, like, I, I'm grateful for that, but mm. I feel like, you know, in order to have growth and in order to succeed, it's like, you got to go through some yeah. stuff and you got to be able to like handle that. You got to like, you know, whenever you do succeed, you look back and you're like, man, I got through that yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so, um, and I feel like when you're not authentic and when you're not, you know, real and raw and you don't experience reality, it's like when, or you have everything handed to you. Mm -hmm. It's like when you are in that reality, it's like, that's when people are like, what do I do? Like mm -hmm. I've never, so it creates like a, excuse me, like a whole other anxiety. Um, because it's like, you haven't had to like, you know, really grow up, right. you know? So yeah, it's yeah. like, a lot of the people, you know, you had things handed to you. Um, mm -hmm. And even just with on the sports aspect, it's like if you were good at sports, like in my area, it's like you were like the best thing ever. But you head down to D.C. or you head down to Baltimore and you're you're average. We was breeding average. You're getting your butt kicked. So then you get this. It's like high ego like mm. in this small town. So it's like you build up this ego and then you got kids that are going, you know, D1 or where, wherever. And it's like they end up riding the bench at D1 or because right. they had everything handed to them. So it's mm. like they really never knew how to like work hard. And that's something that I I always worked hard, but I didn't have that guidance. Like, you know, this is what you're going to experience. This is what you got to be able to get through. And it's like right. I wasn't able to pull from my life experiences. So if I was able to pull from my life experiences, it like it brings in like a new drive. Um, and that's what now I'm experiencing as an entrepreneur, like um, and a performance coach. Like I started with nothing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, on the life side, like, you know, my parents worked their ass off. They were mm -hmm. able to provide me with the life that I wanted, but it also, um, it almost held me from like the pain and the reality that the I reality. needed to okay. experience in order to um, really be able to not struggle as much when I'm, you know, when things aren't going my way. Yeah, because, I mean, it was like, yo, you had, like, an abundance of resources. Yep. And then you was just like, yo, what is this uh, no word you're using? Not really familiar with it for most part, mm -hmm. especially in certain areas. So yeah. I get that. Okay, so let's 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 go with let's go with you being an athlete for a second. Um, for um, middle school, you said Silver Spring. Right, you and then you Elementary. said you uh, and, yeah. then, and then you moved yeah. from uh from out after fifth grade. So that is mm -hmm. that is elementary. So now you're in Frederick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 15 years uh, from about fifth grade all the way up to um graduating, and then I stayed in the area. For what high school did you go to? Middletown. Okay. So yeah. are you instantly on the team freshman year? Give 
Yeah, Let's I was like, it. as soon as I got there, okay. I was like, humbly, I was probably the most, like the, you know, one of the better players okay. for sure, at least in my age group, okay. um, right? So it's like I had, um, and it's because of playing multiple sports. Like I was just an athlete. Like okay. I just was always outside. I was always playing like kick the can, like the silver <laughs> spring, like, because okay. there wasn't social media, there wasn't video games. Like I Very was, much so. you were just outside all the time, yes. right? So it's I like I these became days. an athlete. <laughs> so that's a whole other conversation for like this generation coming up. But it's like, um, you know, so already being an athlete you know I'm in a small town so you know I had the skill level I had the work ethic and stuff like that so throughout middle school I was pretty good and then in high school my freshman year um I was supposed to make varsity but they were going to end up moving me up but we had a really good like senior class um, that actually ended up making it to states um so really good senior class and I was like a young freshman I think I was like pinky side like I was like 100 pounds (laughs) I was not built I was small I was little um and then so I ended up, uh, you know, playing um, JV, um, and then I ended up breaking my wrist my freshman year. But from sophomore to senior year, I was on varsity. Sophomore year, I started every now and then, and then junior, senior year uh, started. Yeah, we got the same story similar because, you know, I came in technically, so my father didn't want me to play basketball my freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I really, really had a big issue with my dad at that point because I'm like, yo, what are you doing, right? Um, basketball was the outlet, and of course, as athletes, what we don't say is there's mostly an unspoken rule that we take on the responsibility of saying, I'm going to get my family in a better situation, whether we're already in a good one right. or not. Um, there's always another level to success that we also want to experience, and mm-hmm. so when we see our parents put in all of these different, you know, resources and taking the time to take us to practice and going right. to games and investing in PTA and being the team mom and dad or whatever it might be, we're like, yo, how do we repay it? We repay it by working our behinds off, making it to the league. Yeah, y'all ain't exactly. got to pay for nothing. Y'all yes. retire. Tell the yes. people that, you know, y'all can kick rocks. I, mean, I ain't coming back. Right. Type thing. <laughs> and so, um, you know, that. I don't think that changes whether you're white, black, Asian, no. car, nothing. I think that thought process always instills, especially as an athlete, because we see the glorious moments, especially that's shined on Division One schools, whether that's PWIs or whether that's low-level D1AA's. I think also it comes down to a thought process, too, where now because you were in a perspective where, okay, you played, you went into your freshman year, they didn't play you, um, how was your mindset when it was like, I got to go to JV because you proved that you already know you can run with the big dogs. Same way I felt sophomore year and freshman year made the team couldn't play. And they was like, yo, go to JV. How does that make you feel? Cause now you like a vendetta. Oh, I'm going to show you what you. So out on. part of it is, I think I didn't have like, that wasn't a thing. I think mm-hmm. because of social media, mm-hmm. I think social media has now, made people feel like when a seventh grader is getting recruited and has like 15 division one offers and um, I'm a junior and I'm like, I got none. It like makes it seem like I'm inadequate. Mm. And so when I was a freshman, I was expecting to just make JV. Like it was just that. Yeah. That won't me. It kind of was a thing. (laughs) Like I worked hard. I was like, I'm going to start. I, you know, I had a drive, you know, I want to make varsity, but like, you know, I also wanted to play. So it's just like the, I knew the recruiting club, like I didn't want to, you know, I knew the class, like the juniors and seniors were just way above my level, even just physically. Like yeah. I was a little freshman coming in. Um, so I definitely like I could keep up with them. I played with them. Um, but, you know, we actually had a really good team, okay. um, you know, so it was like even for the JV spot, it was like, you know, you got to work. Yeah. Um, and I ended up breaking my wrist my freshman year. But, you know, I was going to get moved up and things like that. But we just had a really good class of just of just athletes. A lot of those um seniors at the time when I was a freshman they uh went on to play basketball so it was like um I knew that I would be sitting the bench I guess um you know it was part of it like work ethic or not they you know it was like I just had my development and I needed my time um and so it's like um you know I kept you know working out I kept doing all the behind the scenes stuff first to practice last to leave that type um like that is all throughout the years like I really worked hard and it was almost like because everyone, um, because we didn't see the reality of like head down to DC, head down to Baltimore, it was mm-hmm. like no one else really had that work ethic. Got it. So, so that's where it's like, okay, like, you know, I want to do this. And then you succumb to the pressures of. So there's like a ton of different avenues to take that. But like, I always had that grit. I always wanted to be the best. I always mm-hmm. wanted to, I'm super competitive. 
like the stuff that I would do, like I would get, but it was more, it would like me getting mad at myself, things like that. And so the, over the years, the, that mentality that I had because I didn't have like the guidance that I needed because I didn't have someone that like, you know, none none of my coaches played at the higher level. So it's like, they didn't have that experience. Mm. No one really helped me with the recruiting process. Mm. Um, you know, but my parents were, were everything. They took me to practices. They showed up to games. Like they provided me with the resources, but we just weren't educated on it. So because of social media now, because of the information, it's like back even, it's just 10 years ago. Like, yeah, so it, it hasn't even been that far. Instagram really wasn't that, uh, you know, it didn't start for me at least until my junior year, which is past recruiting process. Yeah, so yeah. it's like you just didn't. And because you're from that small town, mm-hmm. you just didn't know. So well, it's I, like, I wouldn't even say yeah. from a small town because even from a, from a bigger town, too, because like from my area, my parents were doing the same way. Like my coach actually played on a, a higher level. But mm-hmm. at the time, like she wasn't educating me on mm-hmm. how to get recruited either. Right. right? So. And sometimes these coaches, they go through these things where they are reliving their selves through the level that they're coaching at sometimes. And in that particular case, like my, like our parents had like the camcorders and, Mm -hmm. you know, we had to convert them to DVDs and that's how we would send like, oh, we sound old. Like that's how we would have to send the film to coaches and they would have to like, we would have to create our own highlight reels and show every aspect of being a overall great athlete. Right. What we can now put out on social media and, and tag schools. We had to you can actually message schools. What? Like, it's just crazy. You couldn't do that at all. You had to get a waiver from NCAA. The coach had to sign off on it. And then those DVDs that you created, you had to create one per school and mail it. And yeah. hopefully that it wasn't looked at like tampering. Because at some point you couldn't even talk to schools until like your sophomore year of high school. Like they could be looking at you, but they couldn't talk to you until your sophomore year of high school. Now all of that is out the door. I know. It's crazy. So, so, yeah. So going into high school, I'm sorry, the tangent just made me mad. I started thinking (laughs) about how how we have no. really been deprived of all of these yes, opportunities. Yes, I know. Now the NIL deals. And right, now you're like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so, okay, so so in high school, um, when did you start playing? And when did you start, like, becoming that person that was like, all right, like, I know I want to go D1. It was D1 or die. But when did you really start putting that emphasis into mm, your, junior year? Okay. Yeah, okay. junior year. Um, maybe sophomore year, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely junior year. Uh, we had just uh, finished. We were not supposed to make it as far as we did, but we ended up. <laughs> We ended up getting Sorry, to yeah <laughs> state uh, to the state championship. We lost to um, I think it was Calvert uh, okay. High School. Um, they had a girl going. They had two girls going D one, one going to Drexel, one going. So they were just a powerhouse. But we were never Ooh. supposed to like be there in the first place. And so we ended up making it to states. And just that whole journey, I was like, man, I wanna I wanna play on the biggest stage as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like I didn't have coaches that were helping me like you know, you're good, but it was like, how can, you know, so that's what I'm trying to do is basically I'm trying to be that person to like, okay, you have these goals. I'm going to help you with that. But I don't feel like I had those resources in terms of the coaching aspect. My parents would do anything, but Mm -hmm. it was like more of my, like the coaches, I didn't have a performance trainer. I didn't have a basketball skills trainer. And so I was on a really bad AAU team. And so like, you got to get on a good AAU team. You got to be educated on that. Um, So it's like, I just don't feel, and I I think a lot of it is about connections, like who, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows you and that stuff. So it's like, um, you know, I don't think I, I just don't think I was educated or self-aware about that stuff. So by junior year, like I was like, I was ready to go. I was like, you know, these are the schools that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. I was never like, I'm going to play in Maryland or anything, but like, I was <laughs> like, Hey, yo, uh, well, <laughs> well, there goes that. <laughs> like, so who I, was on your list then? It was like uh, mid-major D1s. Okay. Like I wanted to play, um, you know, um, like your Lehigh's, your Loyola's, your, um, like those mid-major D1s. Okay. Um, and I thought that I could, um, and, um, but it's like, you got to have, you know, that education of like, yeah. you know, getting on a good AAU team that can get you that exposure. Um, you got to have the stats for it. You got to have the eye test. Like yeah. you got to be able to look the part. Um, you got to, you know, so I had everything in terms of work ethic, um, but I don't think work ethic was enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be able to be in front of the eyes, and that's mm-hmm. what social media has created for these yeah. athletes. And uh, kudos to those who utilize the platform for what it's supposed to be utilized for. Okay, so now we out junior, senior year. Did you ever get a chance to play on the collegiate level? 
No, so I didn't. So, um, you know, Man, we, year, are we related? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> junior year, uh, state champion finalist, like a lot of momentum going into AAU. Really was on a bad AAU team, so just didn't get the exposure. Um, didn't get the connections I needed. Didn't get the guy that, you know, was going to, like, you know, help me. You know, I was willing to put in the work, but I just wasn't. Um, you know, in the light of people um, and wasn't exposed. So I just didn't have those opportunities. I had interests from like D3, D2, mm -hmm. um, but I was D1 or die. So it's yeah. like I didn't even like open up my eyes to the, that opportunity. And then se senior year, we lost like everyone basically. And uh, we were 0 and 15 in the conference. <laughs> so we went from state championship to my senior year, losing every single game in the conference. Wow. And I just like – between, um, you know, social stuff, between mental stuff, between everything, um, you know, all the pressure I put on myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I can go into why I did, but um, by senior year, I just was like, I was done. Yeah, I was going to say, talk about the pressure. What was the pressure that you yeah, put Yeah, so on basketball became my identity, and it became the identity in the way that made me, that was the only way I felt accepted by other people. Mm. So it was like, if I was good at basketball, you know, people would like me. I would, people hang out with the popular people. People would hang out with me. I would Because, I, like I said, I'm an introvert. I have social anxiety. Um, you know, I have depression, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't really fit in like right now, like when I'm working, it's like people think I'm an extrovert when I'm talking on social media, people think like right now, people probably think maybe I'm a little bit more of an extrovert um, mm -hmm. or just shy, but like see me out of, at a party, see me in the grocery store, see me in public. Like I am. Like, on. <laughs> like, don't look at me. Like that's how I am. I just like, I don't talk. I don't say anything. Um, I'm not good at making conversation. I'm not very good at making friends. So it's like basketball was where I could, I, you know, could show my emotion. I could be myself. Um, and so it became the way of like, okay, that's how I'm going to be accepted by others. So if I'm good at basketball, if I make it in basketball, I'll be happy. I'll be successful. I'll make friends. I'll be popular. We all just want to feel accepted and belonged. Mm -hmm. And I already felt like an outsider. I always felt unrelatable. Um, that's what I talked to about a lot. So it's like, you know, junior year state championships, I was starting, I was averaging 15 plus points a game. Um, you know, I felt, you know, people were coming to our games. Right. Like it was like, man, I had this boost. Yeah. And then senior year social pressures, um, you know, trying to be accepted within the social scene, um, you know, that took, that took a hit. And I just like, I put so much pressure on myself. So if I had a bad game, you know, um, I was just talking with a client about this today, but it was like, I was like, I would, my hands would bleed because I would be clapping because I'd be mad at myself. I would be clapping so hard. I would slap the floor, man. I was angry. Like I was just an angry player my senior year. And I just wow. couldn't, cause I didn't have the resources or the education to be able to handle how to handle that, like how to handle my emotions and everything going on around me feeling like it was crashing down. And of course, like, you know, the reason why we created this whole platform is to create it as a safe space yeah did you not feel like you had a safe space at that time to even go and communicate that with anybody my parents okay. yeah so you know I wouldn't be here um during that time with without my mom and dad 100 percent um but it's like I think I needed that role model within this space that I wanted to excel in um so I needed the basketball role model I needed mm -hmm. the trainer to go to I needed the coach to go to and I just I don't think I really had anyone, so it's like, mo and I didn't like talking about it, so yeah. I wasn't even willing, so it was like, yeah, um, you know, senior year, um, major, major depression, suicidal, um, you know, don't even, didn't even think I would make it through high school, that type of thing, and then eating disorder, so I was, I was solid, I was built, um, probably like 150 plus pounds, and then I got down to about 100, 105, wow. like within like a couple months, um, wow. so, but I thought I was fat, so... Wow, all because... Because it was like, okay, if basketball is not going to work out, if I'm skinny, maybe people will like me. Um, you know, maybe at the time I've switched teams, wow. but boys would like me. Wow. You know, things like that. I would have friends. I would be accepted. I'd be happy if I looked a certain way, if I looked like the girls at my high school, things like that. Like, it was... Yeah, because basketball wasn't – so I needed to – and I still do this. So this is the thing that I'm working through now is, like, you know, and now realizing all this, it's, like, I attach myself to things instead of, like, you know, who am I if I can't do what mm -hmm. I'm good at? 
who am I outside of a trainer? Who am I outside of a basketball athlete? Yeah. And it's like, I know these things. I know I'm a mother or I'm not a mother. I'm, uh, um, you know, I'm a daughter, yeah. you know, I'm a dog mom, I guess I am. Um, you know, cat mom. Yeah. yeah. Cat yeah. Mom. That counts. Cause they, um, <laughs> they can't do everything by themselves. I'm <laughs> a girlfriend, you know, I'm a friend I'm all these things, but like, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. Cause I felt like I wasn't accepted for who I was. And I felt very unrelatable to people. And I think it was more of like, going through my head maybe people yeah. didn't see that way but like yeah it's crazy because um i went through the same thing very open about talking about how i actually attempted to commit suicide twice and um I, the emotional eating part still getting past that um because now it's like i'm past the, the basketball phase but it's like the successful piece that you attach yourself to because once you become a successful athlete you have a taste somewhat in any in any level of success having a taste of it you're like okay i need this and it becomes a drug yes that you don't necessarily get prescribed. It's just one of those things like you're searching for it, yeah. you get it, and then it's like, okay, wait a minute, hold on, this kind of feel good, this kind of put me back in the limelight, I like this, I like what this feels like. Um, and, and then it was one of those things where um, I didn't have anyone to talk to because um, nobody in my family went professionally until one of my cousins who now is one of the top athletes in the, in, in the NBA, and we just found out we was related probably about eight years ago. So, you know, and we were doing all his shoe tours and all of that stuff. And he's very prominent. And we just like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. We related? Like, we, I didn't know this. Like, you know, you, Here's my I'm, shoe a, size. I'm a fan of my cousin. Like, what is happening? So, you know, and I think, I think once you want it to be, especially as a female, I say this all the time, and I want to I know your opinion on it, because um, as a female, when you're hooping, and, at our, and, and, and we're around the same age, um, how old are you? 26. Yeah, so I'm a little older than you. So by that time, like, you kind of came into the social media phase. Yeah. I still didn't have it. I'm 31. Mm. So we had the, the we didn't have, I remember when there was an article that came out that showed how much Lisa Leslie made. At the time, Lisa Leslie was the premier athlete, mm -hmm. right, Big of fan. the WNBA, mm -hmm. right? At the time, my mom, never forget this, I came home one day, and she handed me a news article. It was folded. And she said, here, read that. And at the time, it said that she made like 63, rounded up to $64,000, and she was the top athlete of the world. And don't quote me on the numbers, but I believe it was 64000 right? That was her league salary to play. Still went overseas, um, doing Olympics, and also uh, her endorsements that came from Nike, right? So by the time you wrapped all that up, it was like $102,000, as the top athlete, female athlete in the WNBA, mind you, 96 was the year that the league actually really started, thanks to David Stern, God rest his soul. So the question becomes, we know you didn't do this for money. No. What kept you going if it wasn't the money? You didn't go D1, it, and, and then you had the popularity and you was like, yo, if I still get an opportunity, I'll still go play. Why? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like I said, it really comes down to, like, I just wasn't educated on I didn't know I could play outside of playing basketball. I think I was just done. Like, my senior year, I, um, you know, I didn't touch a basketball for four years, like Jeez. four to five years. I was done. I was mentally done. Um, I was just running on the treadmill eight miles, like, you know, thinking I was fat. Like, mm -hmm. it was, I mean... I just was like, that was going into my freshman year of college. I was like, I just want to get out. I'm done thinking that was the answer. Like, right. let me just run. Right, right. right. <laughs> Maybe that will solve my problems. Right. Um, so I ended up going to college. And, um, you know, I don't really know at the time, like, I can't say what kept me going, but like, there was just this small hope that maybe, you know, there's a purpose out of this. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, and now I know it's the reason is because I'm trying to be now who I needed when I was. 14, 15, 16, um, yep. all the way up. Like, yep. what did I need? What did I, what did not, what did I not get? Mm -hmm. um, and I just, you know, I was, I was searching for mm -hmm. five years. I mean, from, you know, high school all the way up to graduating college, I was figuring out like, you know, what is the avenue that I want to take? And, you know, through that, I did attach myself to other things. Like I did attach myself to you know, CrossFit and I wanted to be a CrossFit athlete. <laughs> like I wanted to be a CrossFit athlete. So, okay, you know, I'm going to just train six days a week, twice a day. You know, that's how I got out of my eating disorder. 
um, you know, because I wanted to be like these, you know, fit females yeah. like doing muscle ups and, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, back squatting 300 plus yeah. pounds, all that. I was like, I want to do this. And, you know, someone was like, well, you got to eat. And yeah, you got to show me how to do the muscle up. <laughs> I can't. I I'm, like, I'm just grateful to do a push up. Yep. <laughs> so there's that that five year transition. So I think there were little things, but it was like, uh, you know, now I'm realizing like I can't rely on those external events to help mm -hmm. me get through things like it's got to it's got to come within. So, yeah, I guess that's what that that helped me kept going. And, you know, yeah. performance training, you know, CrossFit, I tried everything kind of yeah. just fell into my lap like this is an avenue. Um, like I always I don't know, I always had this thing like I was destined for something mm -hmm. great. Like I really I really did, whether it was like I'm going to, you know, be a D1 athlete. Um, you know, you got to pivot and adapt. That didn't work. But right. I always know that like you know, I, I've had this small little bit of confidence that mm -hmm. like, you know, there is something better out there yeah, and yeah. there is something like really special going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot, especially that we have similar stories. It's just how it all happened. What school, what college did you end up going to? Um, I went to University of Delaware for a year. Okay, um, UD. And that was my running phase. And then I came right back and <laughs> moved in back with my parents and uh, went to Shepherd University okay. and commuted and then started working like right away. Like okay. when I was 18, mopping floors, front wow. desk at a YMCA. Wow. Just wanted to get in the fitness scene because I always yeah. love fitness. I love working yeah. out. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't want a nine to five. Yeah. Um, I'm also stubborn. So I want to work by myself, like work for myself. I want to start my, like I never thought I was going to start my own company, but I yeah. like, um, yeah, so I ended up commuting, um, went to Shepherd, just got my degree because I was also in the mindset of like, OK, you know, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get my four year degree mm -hmm. um, and then I'm going to get a job right away, start a family, live that perfect, perfect life, life. Um, you know, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, no, 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 not <laughs> at all. There's always a little uh, wrench in the program. And, and so, OK, so now that you're so you, you go to school, what did you end up majoring in? Um, health promotion and exercise science. Isn't that something? So, you know, it's crazy because I asked that because my, a lot of people thought my major was communications mm. and mine was actually health and physical education. Okay. And then they end up transitioning into getting the accreditation at my school, which is what I'm wearing right now, um, Elizabeth City State University in North Carolina. And we ended up uh, getting the accreditation for the sports management program. And so my minor became my major, which meant I was able to add a new minor and I chose sport communications. Yep. And so, you know, at that time we already knew that one, you had to go to college all four years before you could even see the draft. So you start building at that time. That's when exactly, we had yeah. five year plans. Yes. <laughs> Don't know what those are anymore. Seven. Uh, right. right you know so it's like, okay, so we had five years. So the five year plan was go play in college. Once you finish, go to the WNBA and also play overseas. You already knew that's how you was going to make your money. Then once you got back, it was like, all right, okay, uh, let go coach somewhere, prove right. yourself. Once right. you prove yourself, it's like, okay, go be an analyst for ESPN yeah. and coast, right? Like these big dreams. Yeah, yep. it's like, oh, like, yeah. yeah, none of that happened. And so now yeah. you're in the space. Um, you, you said you was mopping floors. You were back in the YMCA, but you said you didn't touch a basketball for four or five years. Nope. Were you training or coaching in between the phases of this at any point? Um, yeah, so I was, um, I got into the CrossFit realm. So I Well, was, let me ask yeah. you, I'm sorry, and let me ask you this way. Were you training other people? No. Okay. No, I was training myself um, and, like, doing a bunch of different, like, okay. odd jobs. Okay. Just to get by. Um, mm -hmm. And I got paid at, like, the YMCA to do, like, the front desk right. and stuff like that. And then um, I ended up, when I transferred, I, you know, mopping floors for a free gym membership and then I started getting into coaching, okay. um, CrossFit coaching, like okay. your soccer moms, your senior citizens, your, you know, people that just general ed fitness, mm -hmm. um, and they're all athletes, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, I started to get into that and, you know, that's a whole like, you know, introvert don't, doesn't talk, you know, very, I mean, people like I have, you know, arresting bitch face. So like people just like <laughs> automatically have a perception of me and it's not because I'm mean or it's because I'm that it's because I literally, you know, I'm, <laughs> I have anxiety and social, <laughs> social anxiety. So it's like, um, you know, I kind of just did my own thing and then I had to get into coaching. So, you know, I didn't like, it was hard for me to go up to people and ask them how they're doing. My, my boss at the time would be like, Hey, um, I want you to go up to this person and ask how their day is on a scale of one to 10. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. No, no. And he's like, you got to do it. You got to do it. Or like, you're not getting paid. Like something like that. Wow. And I was like, and, and then I was like, okay. And so I would do that. And he's like, then you have to ask them why. And I'm like, 
I don't want to do it. It was like, 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 like you, something you, as simple as that. The one question. Now you're yeah. talking too. I know. So just like just doing that, it was like out of body. Like I just like paralyzed. To talk. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So let me ask you this because there, I know that somebody's probably watching like, okay, where did this de develop from? Right. The social anxiety piece of it, meaning you don't like being around big clusters of people or have to talk specifically to one person. Both. So, okay. So now where do you think that came from? Because basketball puts you in front of a lot of people. Yeah. Did it happen after your oh, yeah. junior year or? No, it never happened on the basketball court. That's where I felt like I could be me. So um, off the I court, you were, uh, you were a whole different person. A little bit, yeah. I mean, I may be over exaggerating it, but like I was, I was very like uh, to myself. Um, you know, I went out with friends. I tried to fit in, all that kind of stuff. But um, you know, I or I tried to, you know, be accepted in different ways and mm -hmm. just you know all that. But like, yeah, I, I barely. It was hard for me to hold a conversation um, because I was just ner like anxious. That's it. Yeah. Do you think it came from? I know you mentioned in the beginning the identity issues and stuff like that. So do for you sure. think that that attaches oh, to yeah. that? Yeah, more. I mean, when you attach yourself to something, it's like that's the only way that I feel accepted. That's the only way that I believe that other people view me mm -hmm. as. Um, so it's more of like it's caring about what other people think mm -hmm. um, 100 percent. So yeah. it's like, you know, who am I outside of um, basketball and sports and stuff like that? And I guess I just couldn't find it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think it was 100 percent that. So now coming into this space where you're having to speak to people, where how do we get to you now being a performance coach. Mm, right? Yeah. How do we go from, uh -uh, I'm not asking nobody how they feel. No, <laughs> I don't want to do this at all. Uh, to, yo, squat that, lift this, drop your hips back. Like, how do we get to where we are today? People put me in the position and just threw me in the fire. Like, I had to do it. Like, you just got to do it. Like, for me, like, coming on here, mm -hmm. like, I was very nervous because I haven't, I've done podcasts before, but I haven't done it like one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. camera in front. Like I haven't done that, but yeah. like, I got to do it. Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's got to happen. So it's like, it's the same thing. At some point I'm going to have to go up to that person and ask them how their day is on a scale of one to 10. So and I'm going to have to do that. And time after time, now I can, you know, go one-on-one -on -one with someone or I can coach a group of a hundred plus people and be yelling and screaming because that's now a place where I feel safe. I feel like I can be myself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I can express myself. I can be creative in that space. And it was the same thing on basketball. So I think you do need, like, it's okay that basketball was my identity. Like, it's okay that performance training is who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, that's okay. I don't think that's wrong uh, because that's something that I can hold on to. But it's the external events. Like, you can't, like, no matter what's going on around me, like, I'm still a great trainer. I'm still yeah. a great basketball player. I'm a great athlete. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a switch something up. Like this goes in and this is the coaching part of me now is like, you know, I don't, I think it's the word choice because now, because I, I'm a firm believer in how we push things on ourselves. Um, and I think that specifically you keep saying it's who you are, but it's trying to tell you that, no, this is what you do. Yeah. And so who you are is Jess. And you have to figure out who Jess right. is now. And uh, and I think the more and more you're consistently getting out of your way, you're starting to realize, like, yo, nah, that's just what I do. Mm -hmm. uh, because in the beginning, you also said, no, I'm a dog mom. Like, that's Jess. Mm -hmm. Like, I love animals. That's mm -hmm. Jess, right? So I think the more and more you're starting to allow yourself to go into spaces that you deemed uncomfortable, it's starting to show you, like, Oh, I'm not really that introverted. I just say I am because it makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I say coach, and I, I say coach mode because, like, we both coach in certain spaces mm -hmm. at this point now, right? And I think as you come into a space where a lot of different personalities from a lot of different athletes, yep. a lot of different levels, they're like, yo, they're going to ask you these questions like, yo, coach, how do you figure out who you are after this space? And some of them not even thinking about it. No. Not at all. So um, I, I just I felt like I was supposed to be able to give you that nugget because no, definitely you know it's something I'm, I'm continually working on. Like I'm not yeah, perfect. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. I never want to come across like I know everything because I don't. Um, yeah. You know, I'm egoless in a very egotistical space. Yeah. Um, so it's like I got to also be willing to 
you know, you know, put in the work myself mm -hmm. and I, it's taken years to continue to develop and I still got a lot of but work to working. do. But you're working. Yeah, That's I the am. part. That's the part. Like, I am. No, it's like I, you know, and that's, that's part of things that we don't see. We don't see that on social media. Yeah. We don't see that. We see like everything's great. Everything's yeah. perfect. You know, um, you know, everything is, is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's like, no, it's okay to say that like I'm, uh, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say like, no, I'm still working on figuring out who I am outside of what I do. Yeah. Um, and that like I have my ups and downs too. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with all all the things. Um, you know, I still struggle with depression. I still sh struggle with social anxiety. And it's like, uh, hopefully, it maybe resonates with one person mm -hmm. who feels unrelatable and like that they're not alone. So yeah. it's like that's also why part of the reason I'm here. Well, or even just seeing on the you yeah. know, female yeah. being a performance trainer, yeah. like you just don't see that on. That well, let's yet. get into it because <laughs> you are killing social media, <laughs> introvert and extrovert. Okay, at this point, you're killing social media with all the content. It's how I found you so obviously something's working that you're mm -hmm. doing um first day of training did you know what you were doing because i know you went and got your degree and now you're in the real world how did what is the first day of training look like do you remember that day yeah, I mean, my first client was a, I mean, outside of coaching CrossFit, I coached that. That's what helped me. So that was my first experience. Mm -hmm. um, again, did not go how I thought it was going to. Like, I kind of just paced and walked around, didn't say anything. And now it's like my first actual client when I realized, okay, I want to get into performance training. Um, you know, it was a 40-plus-year-old client with back pain, wanted to lose weight. Uh, not an athlete. Um, and so it's like I had that and then I had like a seven year old who just wanted to be able to move. And then I had a little 10 year old who, you know, didn't listen and just ran around like <laughs> I I've trained everyone and and um, in all different populations, all different sports, all different everything. And I think that really helped me when I actually did find what I wanted to do with right. basketball. So, um, no, what I did five years ago um, is not what I do today. Right. Um, you know, I look back and I'm like, probably shouldn't have put them through that but uh, you know you learn and you and you grow and things like that and um you know but I always had you know the the work ethic the willingness to just throw myself in the fire had the people that just sometimes you just need that someone yeah. who just push you and right. so like I had to I had to be pushed and um you know even though as much as my mm -hmm. body and my mind wanted to resist it I had to put those myself in those situations break, so. break down how you found out where you wanted because you said you just mm -hmm. trained three different levels yeah, of people so yeah. break down how you were able to find the space that you're in yeah. now of being able to train athletes and right. not just because you don't just train basketball players yeah. you train all athletes of different sports but you right. had to learn the different aspects of what they're needed in order for them yeah. to be a better technical athlete yeah if you will so no break for that sure down. so you know mopping gym floors at 18 and then got the crossfit coaching job did that and then also training myself because i thought i was going to be a crossfit athlete and um ended up uh, herniating my l5s1 and Jeez. so i was out for a year and so i couldn't train um fell into another depression again and then during that time, I was like, you know what, I can sit and sulk or I can, you know, let's figure out what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to do this forever. The ball is going to stop bouncing at some point. You know, the weight isn't going to be able to be lifted anymore. Like, yeah. I have to figure out. So during that process and, um, you know, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to try physical therapy now. Like, maybe I want to go into physical therapy mm -hmm. or athletic training or something yeah. because, um, you know, I hurt my back. I don't want that to hurt um, with other people ended up shadowing is like, no, this is kind of like too slow for me. I need something a little bit more fast paced. I ended up using the connections from my high school um, to get into coaching. So I actually started coaching at a high school, my high school varsity team. And I was like, you know what? I want to be the coach that I didn't get. So yeah. I'm going to come in and I'm going to, you know, really impact these girls and help. And so I ended up getting into that during that time. Um, people, you know, it's a small town. So people talk, they're like, oh, you're doing CrossFit. You're doing all these things. Like, can you train me? And so, um, you know, my first, I guess my first actual client outside of the, the CrossFit realm was uh, one of my coaches. So wow. I just started training and then she's like, oh, you want to train my daughter? Uh, my daughter has these friends. It kind of just like trickled down from there. And so I was like, okay, I like that. And then I was like, you know what? I wanted to go D1. I can't go D1, but I can be a D1 strength conditioning coach. So let me be a D1 strength conditioning coach. Come on coach. now. Um, actually had an internship at University of Maryland. Okay. Um, and because of connects from high school, because this girl was getting recruited by very high level schools at the time when I was coaching, um, found out from the day one, I was so excited. I was like, this is it. Like, this is why I went yeah. through everything so that I can have this moment. Um, find out that the NCAA now has a rule that if you're associated with a recruit, you cannot, um, 
you can't volunteer, you can't intern, you can't coach there, you can't do anything. So Sheesh. day one, I was getting like my shoe size down, my apparel size down, and I was going to get all the gear that everyone's going to get. I was like in uh, Xfinity Center. I was like, this is a dream. Yeah. I was able to like intern for one of the, the, the groups that were coming in. And then the second day they were like, you can't be here. I'm sorry. And so I was like crushed. And so yeah, but I ended up again using the connections that I had, um, you know, the the people that kind of helped me even get into that internship was like, hey, we know another school and I'm not going to name that school, but I had a terrible experience. Mm. So I ended up interning there. Awful experience. And so I was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just trying to fit into these rooms. Yeah, I'm just going to create my own. <laughs> so yeah. it's like yeah. I think why I'm at where I'm at now is because I decided not to like. I decided mm. to transfer. I decided to live with my parents, That's not deep. do the norm. I decided to just start working, start literally from the bottom and just build up. And so when people see me that I'm 26 and I've mm. trained NBA, I've trained WNBA, I've trained pro G League, all d- uh, divisions of high school. Um, it's because, you know, I wasn't I tried everything within that five year time period. Um why she I've been able she created to, her own room. I'm sorry. I, I can't, I got I can't, I can't, I can't drop past this, but I can't drive past this bar. This bar. That she, she said, I created my own room. Like now, and I, I, the reason why for me, I'm like so deep in on that part is because somebody that's watching or listening right now is saying, I'm an introvert. I'm not an extrovert. And you're an introvert by nature. And yeah. you said I had to create my own room naturally introverts don't create rooms. They're cool with going in the room and being told this is what you do. Thank you for the structure. Woo. Mm. And you were like, yeah, nah, uh, uh-uh. uh. So, Jess, I'm just going to tell you, you're an extrovert, bro. Like, I'm just thought you just thought you should know that, just in case you ain't know in advance. You're an extrovert. I think, I'm just I think saying. With when when I'm passionate about something, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm going on a ramble now. Like, I have extroverted qualities. Mm-hmm. I think I've just been conditioned to believe certain things about myself. Yeah. So I could ask my girlfriend and I could be like, yeah. I think these things of myself. Yeah. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, no, no, we're going to be friends because I'm going to break you out of that. Okay. I got to break, break people out of my circle like that. No, I know. You know I was like, I'm so it's fine. cry on this podcast. It's no, that's fine. <laughs> this is what it is. It's a safe space. It's supposed to be yeah. able to allow certain people to like, Talk these things out because this is what we did not have yeah. as athletes. Like, I firmly believe that this type of situation, I don't know, Dev, this is what we might have to do. We might have to just create the curriculum and just, you know, push it out, bro. I don't know. Like, at the end of the day, I think the, this is something that's necessary for all levels of athletes in yeah. general. It should be incorporated in every single athletic department, male, female, whatever it is. So that way, people like yourself who don't feel like, or myself, or anybody else that's watching or listening, is like, yo, I didn't have nobody to talk to. And just being able to kind of like, this is this is what we like to call masterminds, right? Yeah. Where we get to sit down and have these conversations, even if the end goal is just to get some sort of peace or community, it doesn't necessarily have to always be money. That still is currency. Because yeah. now you get to go back and be like, yo, I ain't never talked like that before in a minute. And um, that was actually kind of cool. You feel me? So now you're in a space where you're also pouring back in to students. So you, you had a bad experience at another school. Once you get from out of that school, you're now still training other, other players and they're still, and now the, the coaches and the parents and okay. So at some point you got to be able to train them somewhere yes yes where is this happening man so (laughs) i was uh training um well i still worked at the crossfit gym so i was like starting to get away from crossfit and realizing like okay i want to train athletes so um i still utilize the crossfit gym a little bit to train athletes um and then i would go to parks tennis courts sneak onto the turf sneak into the Jeez. weight room like I would sneak into the weight room because they would leave the door unlocked <laughs> or like some I would just like wait for someone to come out and I would just sneak slide on in it, slide in hope that no one would see me I was also an assistant coach at the time um, okay. for the varsity team um you know volunteer so it's like I was like all right well I have that so I, I would use that paid. yeah uh. not getting paid for anything maybe like not even getting paid for training the kids at first um, and so, cause I was just trying to, you know, put in my, put in my time. And yeah. so, um, yeah. And then, um, that was over probably a one to two year time period. And then I decided like, okay, like, um, you know, I'm going to open up my own facility. And yeah. so that was what I did when I was 23, right before COVID 
got all the equipment <laughs> a week before COVID, signed my lease March 1st in 2020, and then boom, boom, the world shut down. So I was like, but I was good because I had already been doing this. I had already been sneaking in places. I had already been training kids Yeesh. outside. So it was like I was able to adapt really quickly. I just moved into my parents' garage, um, outfitted it, um, and then, um, you know, just trained kids out on the hill or, like, out in the garage, like, all summer until I could open up my facility. So, yeah, I took basically all the the kids that from the high school team, from my connections, stuff like that, you know, word of mouth, um, mm -hmm. things like that. Even a little bit of social media, I was putting myself out there on social media because at first it was all – the only people following me were my high school friends. So right. I had, like – 200 followers right. and now I'm yeah, at I think got, like you, almost 85k yeah, so it's like I you know <laughs> I, I had nothing <laughs> nothing and so I was like yeah so I was like you know what I need a space to operate at I'm gonna open up my own facility and um just go so wait hold on okay so you open it up COVID happens yes. boom is there some sort of financial help that comes in because I know with COVID it was just yeah, like yeah so were you able to like get some help yes to maintain, I was able like, I was able to get some help for okay, sure okay. um and then I also I still had to pay my rent at my facility yeah I couldn't use it yeah so I still had to pay my rent at my facility um okay so wait 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 and I was you wasn't getting but you wasn't getting paid for the assistant coaching I started to get paid from my my clients my athletes that I was training okay so so rent shut down nobody knows how to operate how much is rent for me it was like a thousand it was cheap compared to but I yeah I had that you know even still in a pandemic not knowing where that's LLC from. stuff um, yeah. you know taxes like I did not realize when I opened up my space I thought I knew yeah. but like there are so many hidden expensive equipment alone is uh 25 grand at least for a cheap for cheap equipment it's 25 grand she for my cheap she for said cheap equipment, twenty five thousand. Yeah, my got high like if we're looking high. at like the the House of Athlete, LA Fitness, like yeah. all these, like that, you know, those high level luxury gyms. I don't mm -hmm. even want to know how much that costs. Mm -mm. Mine, my little eight hundred square foot facility, um, you know. Let's not downplay that. Yeah, no, because okay, somebody don't, because somebody ain't got no. eight hundred square feet right now. They no. ain't, they yeah. happy with eight. Yeah, you and that's me? how I started. Yeah, that's how I started. I mean, yeah. I didn't have equipment. Like, I would do a lot of stuff body weight, like, because I just mm -hmm. didn't have equipment. Um, you know, and I, my parents did teach me, like, I'm not going to hand everything to you. Like, yes, mm. we live in this small town, but, like, and that, you know, you know, where we, we are financially okay because mm -hmm. we worked our butts off. Yeah. Um, and they set us, um, you know, up for that for success. But okay. they're like, you still have to work. Like, yeah. I'm not just going to hand things to yeah. you. Um, like I can help you out, but you need to pay me back type thing. And so it's like, so you got a loan from your was. parents. Um, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did get help, um, from them. And, um, so, but it's like, I, you know, I had to pay back. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so, okay. So they're going to get like, so that's why like, you know, and we want to do the same things for, you know, our families too. Like Correct. we want to be able to, you know, grind and put in the work so that we can provide those resources to our kids, but then also teach them that like, you know, not everything's going to be handed to you. Like you gotta, yeah. you gotta maybe start from the bottom, yeah. but I was never taught that. So it's like, because of where I grew up, I wasn't taught that you could like starting from the bottom. Like mm -hmm. I thought that I was just going to like, like I said, go D1, go, right, to, the, right, <laughs> go to the WNBA, right, yeah. get a bunch of money. And it's like, it didn't happen that way. So now, okay. So COVID yep. hasn't lifted, but you're back in your facility. Yep. How many clients do you have at this point? Probably like 20 to 25. Not a lot. Yeah. Okay. And then I wasn't a big gym. Yeah. Okay. So 25 clients. Um, that's throughout the month. Um, yeah. So okay. it was um, like when I opened up because another good thing like, um, you know, is because I was such a small gym, I mm -hmm. could operate with 10 people or less like I Got never it. operated like a, I never wanted to be a big gym mm -hmm. I wanted that individuality so it's right. like I would only have groups of like two to four people or okay. it'd be individual so it's like you know word of mouth uh parents started seeing it they're like oh well this gym down the road isn't open because of COVID right like I can come to this gym right. and work out right. people had endless amounts of time to work out and so they wanted to stay in shape they want it was a great opportunity for athletes to keep like working right stuff like that so COVID um you know was hard for so many people and for um you know it was hard for me it was hard like everyone had their situation but mm -hmm. um it actually ended up helping me I got a I got a delusional reality as well of how my facility was going to go because once COVID uh, lifted and things started to go back to normal, like yeah, the regular flow yeah, it, starts it to come plummeted. back in. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, 
oh, why did I do this? Yeah, like I it was gotcha. a lot harder. So it was like that came up again too. So yeah. now you're at this place and you have 25 clients. Yep. When did you start training your athletes? Like when did you get, because I know you had clients that was coming from parents. Were they yeah. athletes already or when did you transition into the athlete? Uh, just athlete. Uh, when I opened up my facility, I was like, I just want to do athletes. Okay. Um, it's something that like, cause I just wanted to be who I needed. Okay. Um, and I just had more excitement about that. So I just, um, I got so many people that told me that you shouldn't do that. Like you need to train this, this, this way. I had so many people that said you shouldn't just focus on basketball or I train a lot of lacrosse athletes. Like you yeah. shouldn't just focus on two, one or two sports. Yeah. I had so many people that told me what I was doing was not right. Um, so, you know, how did that it make messes, you feel like it messes with your head for okay, sure, okay. especially when things, but like, again, it was that like, you know, I see the role models that I see now, mm -hmm. I was able to actually see that. So social media has been a good thing. Cause I can see someone, I was like, yeah. well, he did it. Yeah. Um, you know, I can do it too as a female. I didn't see. And then I was also like, I, and I guess I am an extrovert in that way because yeah. I was like, there is no one doing what I'm doing, yeah. which means that it has to pay off at yeah. some point. Yeah. So that's kind of how I so just kept going. 25 clients started. How many clients do you have today? Probably like 30 plus. I still, I still keep that individuality with I it. it. Um, I never wanted to be a, cause um, when you get bigger, of course you're going to make more money because yeah. when I was doing groups, I was making more money, but I missed the indiv individuality. Like I want to be able yeah. to develop a relationship with you. I want Woo! you to be able to trust I me. Like I, I want that. Cause that's what I needed. I just wanted to feel accepted and belong. And when you have these big groups, you kind of get lost, mm. you get lost in the mix. And I just wanted someone, I wanted someone to believe in me. I wanted someone to, I wanted to feel accepted, heard, yeah. seen. And so like, how can I create that environment? Yes. I'm not going to make as much mm -hmm. money right now, but yeah. like, you know, I've seen other people do it this way. I like how they're doing right. it. I'm going to take some of that, um, and see where, he, you know, he or she is now. And, um, like, I just, I, I don't think I, I think I have the same amount of clients that I did yeah. back then, but I have, um, more strategic, it's more strategic. It's, um, I've learned a lot of lessons from that time yeah. that I don't, you know, anymore. Um, and so I've actually, like I've become a way better coach. I've been able to set more of a culture and a standard, like this is how it's gonna go. Um, and again, still working on that yeah. too. Um, and I have more committed clients that yeah. are like, I guess, higher level. Yeah. Um, but also like, even if they're not higher level, they wanna be higher level, they have mm -hmm. the potential, they have the standard that they, and the metrics that they have for themselves. So, so how that, many, yeah. so how many, before we get out of here, how many, how many collegiate players can you say you've trained, worked with, that have had committals recently? So I'm like just starting to get into that space where I'm seeing that. So probably nice. only like around 10. Um, That's still huge. Yeah. So, um, cause I'm still like, I'm just now getting into this space. So I was, you know, you know, an hour away outside of DC. And mm -hmm. so now, um, I'm not even three months into this new space in yeah. DC. Um, so I'm now able to like have the higher level clientele cause out where I was, it was like someone going D one was like, what? Like you're going D one. <laughs> like you're going, like that's crazy. Unheard of. <laughs> that's crazy. So it's like, that's why like, but you head down again and it's yeah. like going D one, D one, D one. So it's like, yeah. So, um, and I count this as like who I've actually felt like I've impacted. Like mm -hmm. if you come in for a month, I don't feel like I've impacted you. Got it. Um, but if you like, we train together. Um, yeah. so I'm now starting to see a lot of my athletes commit. I'm starting to see a lot, a lot of them have success. I like to start with athletes that are actually like sophomores, okay. freshmen and sophomores and build them, them up, up. Yeah. um, rather than taking an athlete that's already good. Yeah. Um, because I'm just not about the clout anymore. Like I'm really not about it. Like I like, yeah. Um, cause you just see so much of it and it's, yep. and it's fake, honestly, yeah. a lot of it's fake. So it's like, ah, she calling y'all out. <laughs> Why not take an athlete like and build them up? And that's how you build your word of mouth. Like, I love it. I'm a big fan of Paul for Brits and Drew Hanlon. It's like they shout out to big bro. Drew. Yes, they did not like they started with their athletes when they weren't known. And yep. so how can I have these athletes yep. be seen? And that's all I wanted. Yep. So it's like, I Drew's actually a prefer Drew's that. Drew's a, a friend of the pot. Yeah. But then, yeah. yeah. But then from that, you know, I was able to then get connects. Like you really just need one person to believe in you. So that's how mm -hmm. I got my first client. You needed 100%. that one person to believe in you. And then you just, you, I could not do it alone. So I can't do it without. You people. mentioned two guys. I want to ask yeah. before we get out of here. How has it been as a female trainer and having male clients? 
Yeah, so I now actually have more male clients than I do female. Get the hell out of here. So at first it was it was just female, but like honestly, it's it's very difficult to make it just training females because we're still in that education Mm -hmm. process of how important it is to take care of your body. But males, it's a little bit easier, but we're and it's starting to be blended between basketball and performance. But yeah, so I now actually have more male. Um, I've gotten better at it at first. it was definitely difficult because, you know, they're going to see me a certain way, but you yeah. just got to, again, you got to just throw yourself in the fire, push past that. If they get results, like results, you are, you know, you help them feel seen mm-hmm. and accepted and heard. And now it's like, you're able to, you know, get a lot of word of mouth. Again, it started with one client, one yeah. client that was a male that came in. Now I posted on social media. It helps me out. I'm able to build. And now people see, oh, like you train males now or like, you know, and so I, I'm still working through that. Like I'm still a female trying to build within this male. It's a very male dominated space, but um, I'm still kicking, still, still uh, creating change, breaking barriers, changing the status quo. And that's like that is my purpose. So I'm just trying to do that. Yes, this has helped me um, before we get out of here. Uh, tell them how they can follow you. Yeah, so you can follow me at Coach Jarrah Performance, um, and that's on – I'm not really on TikTok right now, but mostly on Instagram. Um, yeah. And then just partnered with my uh, NBA G League guy, uh, Georgetown University grad, um, Rodney Pryor, hey. uh, Identity Made. So we're doing, like, exactly everything that we've talked about. How can we set our athletes up for – for success when the I need ball to be a part running. of that yeah yeah definitely get you in on that for sure and so it's like a it's like an all-inclusive like company that does like skills training mentorship yeah. um all that but like the pros pro level athletes or high level people are doing life with their high school athletes or their college athletes and yes things like that. this has been amazing <laughs> um we gotta come back yeah we need an update <laughs> uh but what i will say is this if you haven't thought about it like this, I want to make sure that I give you this. You have officially made it D1. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. You have officially made it D1, and you have officially made it to the league. So at this particular point, because I know what that feels like, and mm-hmm. I know what it's like to think that you and know that you worked your behind off to get to where you're supposed to be and get where you're supposed to go. Um, your goal was to go D1. Your goal was to go pro. You've made it there. I said the same thing, right? Now the goal is to own a team, right? Yeah. So I already know that's going to happen, <laughs> right? And and we have more work to do, but you are where you're supposed to be. Yeah, I appreciate sure, that. For Thank sure. You. Listen, uh, like, comment, share, subscribe. <laughs> um, this is where we are. This is where we're going to give you so much more coming. Jess, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm humbled. Yes, yes, indeed. And we are out.